Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I want winners. I want people that want to win. All right, Rod, you are back from Mexico City. Before we even get into the game today, you know, if if they would have lost, maybe we wouldn't have gotten into this. But how was Mexico City, man? Like, I can't even imagine going to a different country to watch a professional sport. It was awesome. Um, The city itself is just great. Um, The food, the people, everybody was, you know, I was so con- my biggest concern was I don't have any Spanish, but <laughs> yeah. um, people there, especially where I was, right? Like I, I didn't, I didn't really venture outside of downtown Mexico City, so um, I stayed at a Hilton. So every the staff there all had um, very good English, and then but with Google Translate, man, it's a game changer. Anytime there was a language problem, the person would pull out their phone. And start talking and show me, and then I start <laughs> talking and show them. And you could, you know, I literally had whole conversations with people. Nice through Google Translate. It was great. We represented. We came out in full force from the time my plane. I flew out of Oakland. My plane was full of Niner fans. And then, you know, just walking around the city. I got in on Saturday, so Saturday Sunday. And then Monday, those two days in particular, I had tours and stuff going on and you, we had our gear on and, you know, you fist bump. I, I had a couple of ladies. We did. I got hugs and, you know, <laughs> just I, I, I posted on another site earlier today that um, just the reflection that sometimes if you if all your interaction with other 49 fans, I'm lucky because I'm in our group so it's yeah kind of yeah. different there but if if your only interaction is on Twitter or in some other forums you can be real discouraged about the quality of 49er fans but I tell you what man the people I mean it was number love and camaraderie and um, it was just it was it was really sweet. And then the whole setup was nice because the obviously football is number one in Mexico City, which was right. awesome because that um what was that two Tuesday morning was the first game of the World Cup. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you would just there were TVs set out in public, and there would be forty fifty people just sitting in front of the TV. And every store you walk past, the game was coming out of. I mean. The Super Bowl is popular here, but we really don't have anything that that like unites us, like, so, you know, like like the the Mexico. Yeah, there's there's so many things to do. Like it, it's hard to bring right. everyone. But <laughs> football is probably the closest, right? You have you have yeah. football with the Super Bowl or or mm-hmm. with the play, you know Thanksgiving, Dallas. But even and, then, uh, you know, like we all have our tribe, you know, sure, 49er sure, fan. Sure. Whereas what I was talking about is there, you know, everybody is rooting for Mexico. Right, <laughs> you know, so right, that's right. kind of different. But what I, I circling back, you know, Mexico City is a really big NFL city. And like at the game, it was cool because obviously we far and away 
um, were the most represented team. But you saw jerseys from every team there mm-hmm. um, because, you know, some you got Minnesota Vikings fans, Packers fans in Mexico City, you know, Steelers fans, a lot of Raider fans. Um, but, you know, so but this is their one time to come out and actually see NFL football. So yeah. it, it was just a really and then obviously um, as, as Estadio Azteca is, you know, it's a an iconic venue, and they've done World Cups and all sorts of, you know, the Copa. So they know how to do World Cup, world class events. But it was just, it was really well run, and I, it was just, it was, it was really beautiful. And I was, I was glad I was able to uh, share some of it with with you guys. I missed you. I missed y'all. Um, <laughs> Mike did a wonderful job. I was kind of, I, I was, <laughs> was kind of um, scared that this, that um, my little, um, if you you guys don't know the back end of it, but Gary sends me a link to the show. I was kind of scared that the link wasn't going to come this week. And <laughs> <laughs> Mike had just replaced me. Mike, you did a wonderful job, man. I listened to you. I wasn't able to get to the show until Thursday because getting back was just crazy. Yeah. But you did a wonderful job. And um, it was, it was, re- you did really good, my man. And I hope one day maybe we can do the, um, the three of us can do it or something like that. Or you can come in just as a guest, man. That would, that was awesome. You did a great job. We'll definitely try and and get Mike back again one of these days. Uh, Mike, so Mike lives- definitely he's definitely kind of a different energy than I am. Yeah. <laughs> so so Mike Mike lives in Hawaii right now. Really? Um. And, and so he he's like his day is even before ours. So okay. it, it, it was it was er, it was early for him too. He's able to do it. So we'll see. Gotcha. We'll we'll figure out another time. That fits uh, Mike's schedule very well. He's a very busy guy. Um, I, I was going to thank Mike as well because I thought he did a great job and uh, I, I love doing stuff with him. Okay, now let's get to this game. Uh, not the, depending on what kind of football you like, uh, not the style of NFL that that we see generally uh, in the current era. It was a defensive battle. 13 to zero, the 49ers win, which makes it, uh, I think it was like what, six straight quarters or six, yeah, six straight quarters mm-hmm. that they have not given up any points whatsoever. The second half of the Cardinals game. And then you got to go back four games where they've given up any points in the second half of a game. So the defense is definite. And this is, we're still without three fourths of the starting defensive line here. They're able to do this. There was a stat. I know Mark Sanchez was was the color guy, uh, the color commentator. I for, I don't I forget the name of the guy who was doing the play by play, but he was so surprised that the 49ers did so poorly on a third and one. And I was like, well, I'm not really that surprised because they're missing so much of their defensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was like, he was just like, I can't believe it. They're one of the best defenses. Like, yeah, if he followed week to week, it would mm-hmm. sort of make sense. <clears throat> uh, maybe not to that extent, not to the worst in in the league, but still, you know, that was a that was a stat that was out there. So they're still doing this stuff without having all all of their guys, and and maybe. You get closer to the end of the season, you can have everybody ready and playing, and and that's a plus for them. But with the Raiders, <laughs> go Raiders! Josh Jacobs takes it to the house to win in overtime, and now the 49ers are in first place. So looking fairly good. We'll we'll get to some. There there were some injury concerns for me at least uh, that we'll talk about later, but. Uh, and and also a, a huge game next week coming up that we'll talk about later. But overall, you know, I, my my first key of the game here was if you are the lowest scoring defense in the NFL, which the 49ers are, and you give the least amount of uh, of yards in the NFL, which the 49ers are, a low scoring game should lean towards the 49ers. And I think if you're watching this. And and you're just specifically looking at how good Jimmy G plays or how good CMC plays. Probably not your favorite game, but if you looked at it from the perspective of, you know, how how do, how do you beat other teams? If Kyle's looking into this game, and Kyle said it right from the get go, this defense is really good, and, and they that are. kind of told you. I think they're the best defense Fortnite have played this season. Mm-hmm. 
that told you how he was looking at this game, which was we're not going to be able to score a ton of points, so we're not going to be able to give up a ton of points. Give me your thoughts on just your overall thoughts on how well this defense played and, and just kind of the the rhythm of this game because it was choppy. It was there. There were bits and pieces of where I was like, "Oh man, this 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 could get ugly." But at the same time, the game flowed very fast. There very quickly. There was you know this was a three hour game. You know no no more than that. Maybe even a little bit less. So it wasn't like penalty penalty you know pass interference here and there was some of that stuff but overall it was just two defenses playing their asses off um to circle back to your first point are we we are we're, we're really thin in the, all the numbers all the advanced stat stuff says that our interior defensive line is just not very good um and our linebackers are really doing a, a great job of covering up uh, a real weakness in our team. Um, so that is one thing. Um, the Saints are really good. Um, I, I am usually very critical of the offensive line, but man, those dudes in their, their interior, their interior decent lines is really stout and they had a hard time rooting those dudes out. They ended up, you know, I think we're going to end up grading out pretty good, but um. That defense is really good. Um, so, uh, it, you know, all things considered, um, I, I I think it's a good win. Um, it, but it was real clear that they were going to have a hard time scoring. Um, and it our offense was, you know, hit and miss. Jimmy is Jimmy. Uh, you know, I'm past that. I'm not looking for him to. <laughs> This this whole I'm I am kind of I'm really tired of just every week being a, a referendum on yeah. you know, what Jimmy is now this and then well he's not even in he's not even in any of my points though I, I know, know we right? will talk about him of course we always end up doing it and I you know I understand the national media but if I see anybody in one of these groups this week parroting back that 40 and 19 Steve Young and Joe Montana. If you put, if you are a 49er fan and you talk about Steve Young and Joe Montana in the same week that you talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, that's sacrilege. What, what are we doing? <laughs> I think, I think a lot of fans <laughs> will, will sort of do it tongue in cheek though. You know, the, the thing that I will say about that is the media Loves to talk about Jimmy. Absolutely. Some of that is because 49ers are, you know, quarterback university historically. The other part of that, though, is his story is pretty intriguing in of itself. And he's very media friendly, I'm sure. He's, you know, of course, the handsome guy. They always, we are always going to bring up that. Uh, but for me, I think the re like I've started to notice like so I'll just quickly tell people about you know we have a YouTube channel for this show and for all the shows in, in the network. And so if I put Jimmy's name in the title it's going to do way more hits than a normal segment, right? Cuz we do clips. We we don't mm -hmm. just put the full show. We put the full show of what we do, but then we'll also put clips of like, you know, kind of like a, a talking point. And if his name is in it, it's going to do more than just about anybody else. And if I kind of write the, the title in a way to suggest that he's playing better or playing well, you have 50% of the people who are going to be like, see, I told you. And you have the other 50% of the people who are going to be like, sure, but he's still not great. So he polarizes mm -hmm. the entire fan base. And that is good for media. It is good for, you know, the television because they can talk about him. Uh, it's good for us, you know, when it comes to this stuff, because he just attracts people. And that stat, I I, I had a feeling it was going to come up. And, you know, you know who else probably has really good numbers when it comes to that is someone who we've talked about before. Jeff Garcia probably mm -hmm. has pretty good, pretty good numbers. Um, Elvis Gerback probably has really mm -hmm. good starting numbers. Some of this is... Obviously, Jimmy is playing on a pretty good team. Mm -hmm. um, so that 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 is that was there specifically to create talking points. And I of guarantee course. you, 
lots of podcasts, KMBR, 95.7. These are Bay Area radio stations. They're going to run with that. They're going to absolutely run with that on their shows this week because it is going to create interest from the fan base. 50% of the people are going to say, yes, that's Jimmy. That's my guy. And 50% of the people are going to say, come on, like we've seen better, right? You know who else, you know, if, uh, if Kaepernick didn't play on those really bad teams at the end of, at the end of his run, his win and loss percentage mm-hmm. would be really good as well. It yep. doesn't mean that Cap was a lesser quarterback because they went two and fourteen. It just means the team really Ooh, sucked. Team. So some of that stuff is is you, you, everyone sort of understands that, but yeah. that's why that's why they do it because it creates yeah. interest and it creates it gets people talking. Yeah, I had I I am not very I don't really understand you know, how websites make money and all of that. But someone who is well-versed in that says that, you know, Jimmy is like, is impression goal. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's why it, it goes the way it goes. So, and you did a very good job of explaining that. So, okay. When you look at the, the box score uh, of this game, uh, like you said, offensively, the Niners were not, uh, anything to to be super impressed with uh the defense holds the uh holds new orleans to 63 yards rushing less than three yards per attempt and that's a little misleading because 21 of it came from andy dalton scrambles and he had uh 5.3 yards uh per carry on scramble so him getting flushed out and him finding a little bit of daylight when Taysom Hill came in, and you knew when he came in, he was running. They held him in check, pretty much two point two yards per carry. At that, every time they brought him in, I was like, mm, "It's not working today. You guys need to figure something else out." But they couldn't because the defense played so well. Kamara, this one hurts my feelings because Kamara's on my fantasy team. Uh. Seven carries, thirteen yards, and two fumbles. One of them very costly at the goal line. Uh, and so, you know, the Niners made big plays w- when they needed because there were a couple scenarios where late in the game, man, New Orleans is knocking on the door and the Niners have to come up with big stops. And one of them was the fumble in the fourth quarter. And the other one was uh, <laughs> this is Mark Sanchez again. They had the ball, I think it was on the six after a pass interference or a hold. It was a holding call. And it's like first and goal from the six. And Sanchez is like, just put your biggest guys in the game and try and pick up yards to get closer. Two and a half yards per carry you get in the end zone. They decided to throw it four times, and they did not move the ball at all. And it ends with a Bosa sack on Andy Dalton in which he's probably offsides, but uh, they did they did not call it. And that was that like those two... Defensive stands were were tremendous. Just the the hats. Uh, D'Amico Ryan said uh, to one of the I think it's to the sideline reporter something about you know you can look at the stats and you can look at the metrics and the analytics, but what I'm looking at in this game is how many of our helmets are surrounding the football, and then boom, mm-hmm. then they get that fumble and they make that play just like he was looking for. So yeah, just a really really short. Now I'm not going to pretend that the the saints with andy dalton and a a really really sort of under underperforming uh alvin Kamara are gonna be you know one of these they're not gonna be the eagles or you know the cowboys or whoever you know whoever you believe is is one of the best teams in the nfc that is not this team but still they they played the way that they played which enabled the 49ers just kind of you know, make it really like a, a two score game and say, Hey, can you score twice on us? And they couldn't even score once. Mm-mm. Yeah. That, um, that fumble that, I mean, that, that, you know, in a, in a, what ends up being a two score game, that turnover at the goal line is huge. I mean, it, 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 you know, completely changed because theoretically if they score there, um, you know, it's a one score game. And I mean, yeah. the, everything was hard to come by, but, um, you know, I'm still kind of gun shy. We've lost games like that where oh, yeah. we we've had everything under control. Something goes wrong, you know, and then you were at the end wondering how the hell did we 
<laughs> let this game get away. But um, they held it in check and everything, you know, it all worked out. But um, yeah, it was it was a, a great performance, I believe, by the defense. And um, you know, the the offense did just enough. Um, you know, I think you were gonna, I don't know where it is in your points, but you know, the running back situation again is a a, a cause for concern. It's coming. It's coming for sure. Now, this is this wasn't necessarily the the way that the Niners usually dominate these games, which is with Bosa, um, you know, creating a lot of uh, rushing the quarterback into into making bad throws. The 49ers only had one sack, and that was that was Bosa. Now, like I said, they did flush Dalton out, but Dalton's mm-hmm. a vet; like he's very comfortable. In the in those scenarios, he's reading where the defense is coming, and he's able to get out to give him time to buy him time, uh, and, and so that means then you know the linebackers and the the defensive backfield has to cover. And I thought they did a very good job. Uh, Chris o- <clears throat> Olave, the rookie, I thought he looked pretty good actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, five catches, sixty-two yards. Uh, they had uh, th- this guy Rashid Shahid who had two long plays. I had some speed there, but outside of that, it was Camara and drop offs. Jarvis Landry only made one catch. Um, and, and really, you know, they, that they just shut everything down that they were trying to do. Uh, but not w- without the, you know, without the, the Bosa sack and, and some of these other uh, plays that, that we see from, you know, from, from the linebackers blitzing the quarterback, it was not really that they really had to play a, a more, uh, you know, they blitzed from time to time, but they just kind of had to stay home with a lot of stuff, and they were able to do that, which was really good to see. Did you lose me? Just for a second there. You're back now, though. Okay, go for it. Um, Yeah, though I I agree 100%. You know, hit um, Dalton... He didn't play that bad. Um, his his receivers didn't do him any favors. There are a couple that he put like right on their face masks that they just, you know, dropped. And he moved well. And I, I we we played very well. Um, beyond you know, Landry doesn't have much speed, and it was really interesting the way Mooney was playing him. He didn't really respect his speed <laughs> at all. Um, he wasn't really opening up, and you know, he was just kind of just shadowing him and just coming. You know, you can catch it, but in, you know, the, you're not going anywhere. So that was interesting. We, um, you had mentioned before we came on about. Um, players of the game, yeah. And while it wasn't, it it wasn't pass rush like it normally was. Um, Fred Warner is a game wrecker. <laughs> he really is. Just you know, today it wasn't. I mean, he did have one really big pass rush, but it was pass breakups. It was, and you know, blowing up run plays. I mean, it's it wh- whatever we needed today. Yep. Um, Fred gave us. It was it was really um it was really a master class. Yeah, and uh the why don't we, we let let's move on to point number two because we will be able to talk about the offense a little bit here. Uh there were a couple injuries on offense, and I'm actually trying to keep a, a lookout on Twitter to see if there's any updates. Uh, I know Kyle Shanahan just took um I think he just took the mic stand to to talk about it. So hopefully I'll see some stuff come through and maybe if other people are are, are checking in and, and they want to send some some notes, I'll put them up here. But we uh, we lost Elijah Mitchell, which was uh, my worry when we traded Jeff Wilson was just that Mitchell's never been a guy who's who's been super healthy. Uh, and also Burford, I saw, w- was injured um, and it seemed like there, there was concern of him uh, missing a game. Um, so, uh, but I don't, I don't know anything more than that. And the, the big one, like the one where it's like everyone's eyes kind of got open is when you saw Christian McCaffrey on the sideline, like trying to stretch out his knee and he's kind of, you know, he, he's definitely, you could tell he was concerned a little bit about the knee and he, he did come back into the game, but then who was the, who was the running back 
who carried the ball at the end there. It was not Christian McCaffrey. It was Jordan Mason. So those are, you know, those are concerns because if there is one thing about this team that has been an issue over the last few years, it has been injuries for whatever reason, injuries uh, have just been, uh, just been, been the pain in, in our, in our side there for the last few years. And this year, it, it, it's been sort of, it hasn't been as bad, but you know, with Armstead being out uh, and, and Kinlaw being out like that, those, those are big. So I don't know. I, there, there's not much that we can do to sort of analyze injuries, but uh, did you have the same worries about those guys that I did? Well, yes. And um, injuries, particularly at the running back position, it isn't unique to us. It, that is a league wide issue that that it's just you know it's a high contact position it's a very the attrition at that position is just high league-wide so that is a concern but if there was a bright side to it um jp looked good i mean he ran the he ran the ball hard and this is i know we we got to see um a bit of him last week um ty davis price was inactive this week. So when we had those issues with the other two active backs, um, he was the guy who, you know, was the bell cow and, you know, he didn't, he didn't look bad at all. Um, So I, I, while obviously um, the other two, the, the injury situation with the other two bears watching because, you know, Obviously, we we invested a lot in CMC, and Mitchell has looked great um, since he's come back. So um, it's important that both of those guys, especially for the stretch run, are ready. But it's good to see the young guy getting some actual live NFL reps and yeah. performing well. That that can't do anything but bolster his confidence. And while we hope we are not placed in a situation where we're dependent on a rookie to um to take um significant snaps for us um in you know big games, it's it's good for his overall development and for our roster as we move forward. It looks like Mitchell has an MCL sprain. Um, and that that's the same injury that he had in the beginning of the season, but it doesn't seem like it's as it's going to be as long. Uh, again, if I see some notes here, mm-hmm. I will, uh, I, I, I will update that, but, uh, that, that looked like the, the main one and, and we'll, we'll get some, uh, I'll, I'll keep checking Twitter to, to see how things are. Okay. So, with that being said, I think with the exception of one game, they have not really truly unlocked CMC. And I'm I'm wondering if you think that is more to do with just him coming into a, a new situation and the Niners do things a little differently than the Panthers did and he's sort of got to figure it out. Does it have to do with the amount of weapons that, that Jimmy now has? Or do you think some of it could possibly do with, uh, y- you know, with how he's feeling uh, being that he, he, I think he's played every game this year, but you know, the last few years, he's definitely been beat up a bit. So just kind of wondering your thoughts on, on what the reason might be where they haven't seemed to fully engage him and unlock him in the way that I think that some people believe that they will be able to do. Well, I, I think the way you um, presented it is is accurate. I think it's a. I don't think it's just one thing. I think it's a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I think you know it can't be even for a vet. It can't be easy to come into a completely new offense and you know get the especially a player like him who it seems is going to be pretty integral to what we're doing here. It's not like he's got a handful of, you know, like a receiver who's got a handful of routes and then, you know, you just go out here and do your thing. It looks, you know, at his position, 
he affects the pass blocking. He has to, you know, be he's involved with, you know, the the route tree and the run game and, you know, just getting comfortable with all of that in his role can't be difficult. I mean, it can't be easy. And then I think it's something that people don't give enough thought about is the fact that, you know, he's been uprooted in his life. He's moved across the country and had to just come to work. And I mean, it's, I don't, I don't know how much that matters, but it can't not, not be a factor that, you know, you're trying to figure out and make sure your girlfriend and, you know, that she's good and your house and all of that has, there has to be a part of it. I'm sure he has people, but that, that has to play a part. Yeah. Kyle having now all of these weapons that he has to feed, you know, he's, you know, they mentioned it, Sanchez mentioned it in the, um, during the broadcast and it can't be not nothing having these five guys coming up to you trying to find out how many times they, how many touches or looks they're going to get in the first 25 plays. I mean, that has to be <laughs> not easy for him. Cause you, you obviously you want to get CMC involved. You can't forget Debo. You, Ayuk is doing his thing. Kittle, Juice. I mean, you've got all these people that you're trying to, you know, not only satisfy necessarily, because I know, you know, I'm sure that's not his foremost um, concern is making sure that they're happy, but to put together a game plan that um, utilizes them, you know, to the best of the team, you know, to the team's best. um, to, to put the best team forward while getting everybody involved. All of that has to play a role in it. And then, I mean, I, I would imagine it's the same for Jimmy is that, you know, you know, trying, you know, making sure where, you know, we there was a situation, uh, there was one play in particular where I think that showed itself. The, the one where he, he ended up hitting um Jennings and it didn't go anywhere and McCaffrey was on the other side right. wide open and Sanchez talked about it's just simple uh, simply a matter of where Jimmy started his progression he started on the other side rather than the other side and I don't know I don't know enough about offensive um implementation to know what determines where your reads start, where right. you start to the left or to the right. And what, what determines that is the coverage or is that something that's predetermined? Um, I, I, I don't know, but um, that's, you know, all of that is like, it, all of this is happening without a training camp and an off season and kind of a work in progress. So I, I my hope is that, you know, it just, continue it's like we it's it continually it's continuous improvement it as the weeks go by it gets better and better and everybody gets more comfortable um we don't have people in and out of the lineup which again kind of erodes that continuity and we kind of just get some momentum going and so that you know the end of the season we're playing our best football uh, so yeah, I, I think it's definitely a work in progress. It's not something that I'm hugely concerned about because unlike many, I have confidence in Kyle and his ability to get it right. And I have confidence in the individual players, even Jimmy, to do what Jimmy does well and get the to maximize himself and everybody, I I have faith that everybody's gonna do their best to um, make sure we put the best product out there. So, so someone else who got hurt today, though he did get up, was Jimmy. He was rolling out of the pocket, made a throw, got hit, and sort of his legs kind of kind of went like this as he hit the ground, and he went he grabbed that knee. Yeah, and that looked bad. 
he says that it's just a little sore. He, he's going to be fine. I think he's a little upset at the actual hit, yeah. but that was, that was another one. And, and cause in the back of my mind, you know, you were talking about Andy Dalton. And when I'm watching this game, I was like, man, if Jimmy went down, I think Andy Dalton could like almost not skip a beat and, and we'd yeah. be okay. The 49ers don't invest in, in, in the backup because mm-hmm. of, uh, uh, you know, because of what they're doing with other positions. But if Jimmy went down, we're talking about Brock Purdy being the starting quarterback of this team. Or and Jacob Eason. Yeah. So that that's a, you know, that's a whole different scenario. Whereas CMC gets hurt for a little bit. Okay. We can maybe plug in Mason who they really like or TDP who they really like. And hopefully it's not too bad, but yeah, that the quarterback position uh, is a, is a going to be a tough one. If he was to get hurt, the reason why I think, because I saw the same thing that you saw, which was there were a couple, th- there were a couple opportunities. I don't remember if they were on third down or not, but where CMC was open out in the flat and Jimmy didn't even look his way. And I think it was because he was feeling that pass rush and he was getting that ball out a little quickly because he took two hits that were really bad. One of them, he grabbed the face mask and, and his he- and his helmet. It, it looked like it was sort of face mask to face mask though. It was, it, it wasn't like it didn't look intentional. Um, and so I, I thought, you know, this dude, this dude is, is, is feeling this pass rush and he does not want to continually take these hits. There were there was a couple of throws. Now he had the one interception, which was a Jimmy throw that they they took back. Uh-huh. There were a couple other ones that could have been problematic because he was trying to get that ball out so quickly, knowing that he was either going to take a sack or he needed to have the incompletion. So that that was that I think that was some of that <clears throat> the second half. The, the 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 pressure wasn't there as much so they didn't have they didn't have those those problems but yeah that's this is gonna be something to look at yeah i i haven't been able to find anything else about the injuries uh, other than what they said about garoppolo um but okay so my last point here who was jimmy's safety valve today if it wasn't christian it was none other than juan jennings yeah, that guy had a great game today. He caught the only touchdown pass. I don't know. I th- I, uh, it feels like he had three, at least three first down catches. Mm-hmm. There was another one that the def- the defensive back made a fantastic play and stopped him like at the one yard line. Um, but man, what a game for Jennings. Like we've talked about Garoppolo's um, how he's he's just so in sync with Ayuk. Debo started the game. I thought Debo's going to have a big game today the way they started and and he didn't really. He seems to to still have this this uh lingering uh, ham hammy issue. Uh but man, Jennings comes up as the guy that Garoppolo has faith in on tough third down plays. Like these plays were not him just wide open in the middle of the field. Like mm-hmm. these were tough throws and these were mm-hmm. tough catches. DB's right on him at the end and smacking him at like then that the touchdown pass where uh, he, he's got to concentrate uh, on it as he's coming to his back, man, I know I said, I know I told you off air that I only had two MVP uh, candidates for this game. Mm-hmm. I actually have three. I forgot one of them. So it, I do have three and JJ is one of those three today. Hmm. Now that's interesting. Cause I just assumed he was one of your two. So that I'm going to be interested in see who the third, he, is. he, he was one of the two. There's a third one that I forgot that when when as we did this, then I remembered who I who who was going to be the third. He is a great contested catch guy. Um, it's it, it's um it okay, very good. I you know, I'm I don't want to fall into the throwing great around so <laughs> liberally, but he he's he's a very good player and um he compliment I believe he compliments um Debo and Ayuk very well um being that like that that big physical um presence and you know i i I, it's kind of off topic but when you look at their receiving core they got it all they've got you know i think 
Gray and McLeod bring something that we haven't had in a very long time. Jennings is a you know a a, a very nice player, and then Ayuk and um and Debo at the top of the rotation are you know obviously very dynamic players, but very different players. Um, they you know it's it's a, it's a real real um it's a real real interesting and complete unit. Um. I'm not going to go into, you know, the our ability to utilize all of their tools um, as best as they could be. But, you know, that's a discussion for another day. But I, re- I really, really like our receivers. And he had a great game today. He is what the NFL calls an exclusive rights free agent for 2023. The NFL defines an exclusive rights free agent as somebody who has just two or fewer accrued seasons and an expired contract Um, to have an accrued season. A player needs to have been on a team's roster for six or more regular season games during that year. However, the player doesn't need to be active for games. Additionally, players on injured reserve and the, and the pup list also get credit towards an accrued season. So that's nice. How this works is that uh, they would just have to extend a qualifying offer to him, and he is unable to negotiate with another team. And a qualifying offer is simply a one-year contract at the league minimum salary. So it's up to the 49ers to just basically say, we offer you the minimum. If the team does not extend the qualifying offer, the player can negotiate with other teams. Consequently, the player is free to sign with another team if that happens and the 49ers would get no compensation. So I, it seems like they would not have to uh, go crazy with an offer for him and, and he's mm-hmm. kind of stuck with, with the team, which is not not great for the, the players there, that exclusive mm-hmm. free agent tag. Yeah. Uh, but I, I was a little worried about you know the way that he's played this year. Could you lose him? Yeah. And it looks like the the leverage is with the team on that 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 third year. So after that mm-hmm. third year, then I think he becomes restricted, which kind of changes it a, a little yeah. bit. So, yeah, Al Shair was in that same situation last season. So yeah, that that um that it's not it kind of sucks for the player, but you know we have team control, so he he'll be with us. You know, I can't I can't imagine why they wouldn't extend that minimal offer. All right, so. There was a quote today. Can I ask you one question before we move on? Yes. Where do you stand on, like, clearly Debo is still working through something. Yeah. I have always been of a mind, if he's cleared, you play him. Yeah. I know there was a lot of conversation pregame in the forums about sitting him and letting him rest and heal. Where do you fall on that score. He doesn't seem as fast as, as last year though, when he ran that sweep today, he looked really fast. I was like, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. But then it got called back. This is just an eye test thing. He looks a little heavier to me. And I don't know if that means bulkier as in muscle Mm -hmm. or maybe he's not as lean he's not a lean guy he is a Mm -hmm. bowling ball size guy he's a stocky guy yeah um but i don't know because sometimes what happens is is when these guys get hurt they can't practice or work out as hard as they would necessarily and so that's kind of where my head is is like is he unable to do the the in week work that that would normally keep him at the the top level for for Sundays? That is something that I'm sure, if that is the case, we probably wouldn't learn until the the end of the season or whatever. But I, there is a little bit of like a hmm, he doesn't seem quite right. I'm not sure what it is. I, I it's funny that you said that because there was the Mostert qu- uh, quote today. Did you hear that? Uh-uh. So supposedly. Um, now I think people are picking and choosing the pieces of these most dirt quotes that they want to post because the dolphins do come into town next week, mm-hmm. but so, he said something to the effect of, I think that he thought the Niners pushed him to come back a little early from his injuries. Um, and 
So there is something to that, if that is really the case or not. Is there pressure for these? I mean, there should be pressure. This is their career mm-hmm. work, but also the team should have, you know, they're, they're, I don't know if football necessarily works this way, but you, know, you would hope the team has their health in, in the best interest as well. Um, so that that is something that is just a football thing. And, you know, I... It's I, I don't even know what to think a football locker room is when it comes to getting these players healthy. It sounds pretty gnarly. Uh, you know, when uh-huh. you used to hear when we were growing up, it's like, oh, yeah, this guy had to get a shot before the game just to move his leg. And, you know, Steve Young playing with cracked ribs and stuff like that, where you're just like, how? Like, wh- wh- how do you do this? I, it just, I just hope that we're not leaning towards something that becomes like a chronic thing with him and that. You know, it may be just a, a couple of, of of smaller things that that's bothering him. But yeah, I, I I when I see him, I go, gosh, he just he just looks a little bulkier, and I'm not sure why that is. Two things. I know we need to move on, but two things about what you just said is one. I mean, that would kind of make sense. I mean, just you know, obviously, I'm no elite athlete, but if you you're dealing with hamstring issues, it would just make sense that you can't really do cardio. Or those type of things that would help you kind of manage, you know, your lean situation. Yeah. Um, and then two, you would think. I mean, I don't. I know the football culture is is different, but it would just seem, especially after you signed him long term, that it's in your best interest to make sure that he's really, really good to go before you get him out there, you, you don't want, I, I wouldn't think that it would make sense from a team standpoint to rush him to get back and injure himself. But then I also know that you talk about it in NFL this week is the most important thing in the world. <laughs> so maybe there is no really long-term or long view. It's all about, getting him ready to be out there for this week. So, yeah. you know, it's inter- that's interesting. And everything in an NFL contract outside of your guarantee is essentially a bonus, right? Like That's true, right? That's, that that's like how how, do, how does uh you know, the NFL here's something that I've always wondered about and we'll move on right after this, mm-hmm. but the most popular US sport by far for, from a, a a fan perspective, right? Mm-hmm. When it comes to TV audience and everything, making money hand over fist, these teams are worth so much money, yet the players are okay with everybody except for quarterbacks and their contracts being structured essentially in bonus money. Mm-hmm. Like, how does a player's union allow that to happen? And so the, as I'm talking through this, my, my guess is... Because the quarterbacks make so much money, they're not going to come to the defense of the guy on special teams who's, you know, not and doesn't have any guarantees whatsoever. But yeah, it's always just kind of uh, how, how does baseball have the the best players' union? Some of that is historical, mm-hmm. but even basketball. Basketball is an excellent players' union. Basketball, the the players get fifty percent of everything of the revenue. So it just fascinates me that that these football players cannot get the leverage to have contracts that seem that that would seem to make sense for the the amount of of things that they go through week to week with their bodies yeah i think that um baseball has been in in this position for a long time and now basketball is there that in those sports with all the money being guaranteed it puts the players in a much different negotiating position when it comes to collective bargaining than the NFL because those dudes, I mean, baseball has done it. Essentially. They have gotten to the point where they have so much money and such a big war trust with their, with their union. They say, we'll tank a season to get what (laughs) we want. They don't, they don't, they don't have, they're not pressed at all to, um, to take a, a bad deal. Whereas football has been known to once those dudes start making checks, I start missing checks. Um, their leadership is like they're being pressed. Like, hey man, we need to get back out there and <laughs> start making some money because the rent is due. So yeah. it's different. It'll be interesting to see as the money because we're moving that way. No, 
people the the league wants to pretend like it didn't happen but that deshaun watson contract is a sea change yeah you know all that money and and i understand he's a quarterback and they're all they've always been a special class but nick is about to sign yeah it's going to be interesting to watch I believe his his guaranteed money is going to be well over a hundred million dollars. I believe Joey signed for about a hundred exactly. Um, so defensive players, it's getting there. We're we want and the money is getting so large, um, with the new TV contract is we're not far away from a point I believe where most of the big name players are going to have fully guaranteed contracts and then what's going to happen is what happens with the middle class and the lower class and all of that so it's going to be interesting we spent way too much time on salary cap talk (laughs) so i'm going to shut up and let you get to the last topic all right before we get to player of the game i do have a couple quotes that that came out of today's uh post-game stuff juan jennings has a new term for being the third down receiver third and one <laughs> i love it that's awesome so uh good on him and he he's he's really coming out and nick bosa had a quote you know nick's i don't know if like nick you rarely hear his voice uh sometimes you'll catch the clips where the the, the players will be mic'd and he'll be saying some goofy stuff and he's cracking jokes and stuff uh he had a quote today i think you know there's going to be more nickisms uh, i think in the future uh, you've got to protect every blade of grass, and we did. That was uh, that was Nick Bosa today. Okay, he's got a lot of Gronk in him. He does. <laughs> he does. <laughs> uh, okay, so player of the game. I have three guys who I'm working through, and I think I know who I'm picking. But we mentioned Jennings. I think he's he's the guy on offense. You know they're. There were there was a certain toughness that the offense had today that I think the sort of the the toughness team ball could go to to some of these guys. But as far as just uh you know being a game or a game changer in a sense, I think Jennings is 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 the pick. For defense, you already mentioned the one that I think I'm going to give it to, who is Fred. Fred Fred got the first uh he got the first fumble on, on Camara. You saw him breaking up passes you saw him blitzing uh just fast fast and all over the football field and i think the third one has got to be hufanga because of that play in the end zone that he made to or or at the goal line to to uh to to stop camara and and to get that fumble and uh, hufanga also led the team in total tackles with nine he had six solo tackles fred had seven total tackles and five solo he also had five or two passes defensed and one qb hit so fred was just kind of all over the field today yeah yeah that's my guy and then i had an honorable mention was um chris harris jr was my honorable mention with his um personal foul on the sideline and then <laughs> the penalty on the interception. So yeah, good on him. Not, not, not a good, not a good day for him. Good on him. All. Yeah. I, I didn't understand the, uh, I didn't understand the out of bounds hit because we'd clearly given himself up until so she's just like, his angling towards out of bounds. And so he hits him late and he was like, what? Like, uh, that, that that was a pretty easy call. Like that one was well, he broke that, him off on that route, so he was frustrated. That's yeah, no, no, that's exactly <laughs> why. That's exactly what it was. He is is he he gets turned around and slips, and Mark Sanchez said that he, his ankles got broken, and, and he called <laughs> Jennings uh, Iverson. Um, so yeah, so that that's what it was. But I was just like, like you had to know that 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 was a bad play. But then yeah, I mean he he had the the hold on the interception, which, which was a big play. That was probably the biggest play for, for the saints. If you kind of look back at it, Yeah. but I'm going with Warner. I, he's amazing. He's so fast. Uh, we are at, you know, what's interesting about this team and this year is it feels like Warner and Bosa and they could be even better. But uh, to me, it's like, man, do they get better than they are now? Because with the way football works, you're always thinking about, 
gosh, if this guy just loses this tiniest bit of a step, you know, he may not be the same player. They're like at the peak of their powers. And yeah. you got to take advantage of, of two great players like that at the peak of their power. So hopefully, you know, we, we can uh, we can do well this season and, and take advantage of that. Mark Sanchez said a lot of interesting things that I hadn't thought about this one. I'm going to run that value. Is he said the Niners have two of the best linebackers in the league. I hadn't really thought about Dre in those terms, but um, that might not be a bad call. What Dre's a hit stick, man. Yeah, like in in back in the day in the video games when the when the PlayStation. Uh, when you got the PlayStation, you had the little trigger on the stick. And if you flick the stick at the right time to make a tackle, you just like make this crazy <laughs> tackle. That's Greenlaw. Like he he made that, you know, he, he's just every time he wraps somebody, it's just a, a collision. That guy yeah. just goes at it so hard. And sometimes like we, we've we made fun of him over the, mm-hmm. the whole season with the penalties and the over aggressiveness. But He's a good player for sure, and I think. But I definitely want to. Ta- I wouldn't want to take his aggressiveness away from him. No, not so, at all. Not in. Not in this game. Mm-mm. Not. Not at all. Uh, okay, so now we get to look ahead to. I don't. This is a all of a sudden, right? A giant, giant game. 49ers, Dolphins. Offensive coordinator comes home. The teacher against the student. You know, that that history between McDaniel and, and Shanahan is so interesting. Have you read up on, on their history a lot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, it, 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 I didn't realize it went back as far as it did. They were together a long time. And there, there was, I read one story, I don't remember who wrote it, but McDaniel was sort of taking his opportunity a little bit for granted, you know, not putting in the hours, you know, doing a little bit of partying, kind of coming home and not waking up on time for meetings and stuff. And he kind of got passed over. And he was like this, you know, this uh, prodigy, right? This young dude prodigy. And he's growing, growing, growing. And then he's not mature enough. And so he gets starts getting passed up. And then he's sort of got to learn like, okay, like if I really want this, I need to grow up a little bit here. And uh, that part of the story is really fascinating That's to me. Interesting. And, and Shanahan has, uh, ha, you know, ha, has brought brought him to the Niners, and he's the he's the guy, the offensive coordinator. Uh, he's the run game coordinator, and it's very very valuable to this offense. I don't know. I, when, in the beginning of the season, he seemed to be uh, in over his head, and he had the Tua situation where where the concussion happened, and he's trying to explain why Tua even goes back in the game, and oh like that, those are rough times. And so he looked like a deer in headlights absolutely. in that situation. It was it was it, I felt bad for him. <laughs> I know it just looked like he was like I I'm not ready for this, but the team is eight and three. They're, they're a good they're football team. A good football team. They have so many weapons on offense, and man, I, I know it, it just shows you how good Kansas City is where they could lose Tyreek Hill and he can, you know, have the season that he's having, and then they, they, they don't really lose that. They don't really skip a beat that much, but what a weapon he is. Waddle, uh, I think the Niners secondary is going to be tested big time For sure. next week. Mc, McDaniel is going to try to do to the 49ers what the 49ers try to do to other teams, mm-hmm. you know, the same style of running games, lots of speed yet. They just have so much speed on offense and the Niners are their Their defense is going to be tested. This, this best defense in football is definitely going to be tested. And I'm, I'm just interested in, in the chess match. Cause it's almost like, you know, your opponent just as well as you know yourself. And then what happens? And I'm interested in the drama. We got Mostert coming back. We got Wilson coming <laughs> back. We got Sherfield coming back. We got Craycraft coming back. I that's I I like that kind of stuff. I, I like I like the revenge games. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really cool. I I think I believe it's the game of the week. And I don't know who the um, commentator was who used to say it, but it's definitely a. Um, a, th- a thermometer game for us. Mm-hmm. It, it's gonna. We're gonna see where we're at. Um, 
in terms of where we want to be um, with, and, you know, in the first game that I think was a thermometer game this season, it was Kansas city and we did not, Ooh. we didn't show very well, but you know, what happens in October and November don't really, it does, you know, not showing well in those games early is not necessarily a barometer of where you're going to be in January and February, but you want to be showing improvement. So that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for us to play a really good game against what should be a really familiar opponent. What they are throwing at us, it should not be, we shouldn't be surprised. Let's say that. Um, It looks different. It's never looked when we ran it the way it does when Hill and Waddle are running it. (laughs) But um, because honestly, we've never had that kind of speed on this team. Um, But it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see how Mooney holds up, and then more importantly, how the rest of the secondary holds up. Um, If to see if we're able to, you know, their offensive line can be had. So does Nick have a big game? Yeah. Does Drake have a big game? Does Ebucom have a big game? Let's see. You know, it's it's I'm really excited for next Sunday at 125. Yeah, I, I've mentioned this almost every episode. I'm a big net points guy, and so mm-hmm. that's kind of the stat that I look at to see if a team's real or not. And that is really the te- the the separation between them and, and Buffalo. They're both eight and three, but Buffalo uh, has a net points of 110, and Miami only has a net points of 26. Mm. So the Chiefs have a net points of of, of 83. Now the 49ers uh, are number three in the NFC. Dallas actually has the best net points. Uh, they are plus 92. Uh, and Philly is second at with 80, and the Niners have 76. So I think, you know, Miami is, uh, they're a good team. They're a team that, you know, they're they are sort of in the in the building stages uh, of getting to where they want to be. And eight and three is no joke, especially in that division. They are in a really good division. The AFC has some strong teams. And I, I, you know, who's real, who's not real. You, you win eight games in the NFL. You're a pretty mm-hmm. good football team. So I expect this to be um, a prize fight, really. Yeah. You know, it, I, I think there's going to be big plays on both sides. I think uh, Shanahan probably has some stuff saved up. I'm sure that uh, Mike has some stuff saved up as well. And I think they're going to want to put their best foot forward against each other. So I think the 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 little chess game stuff uh, is going to be so, so interesting. Cause just because they know each other so well. Like, they, you know, I'm sure Shanahan's like, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm sure he believes that he's taught things that, uh, to McDaniel that McDaniel probably uses as yeah. his own style. I don't so. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think our, and this is weird to say with all the weapons we have, I don't think our offense is quite as explosive as theirs is, but I think the difference between these two teams is going to turn out to be the defenses. I don't, their defense is nowhere near as good as ours. So yeah. hopefully we can exploit though that, difference and that we don't get you know our defense our as you pointed out that our secondary doesn't get roasted (laughs) (laughs) um i think you know i think one of the main differences is in quarterbacks um yeah two two is gonna take more shots he's he just is he's he's uh he actually has a really good touchdown to interception uh ratio uh, he he's he will let those guys you know go for it, and the 49ers they they're a little bit more conservative when it comes to that stuff. So, you know, I I, that, I think that's mostly the difference is is they're gonna they take advantage of of having those yeah. big play guys uh, a little bit more. A year, yeah, a year ago at this time they were talking about Deshaun Watson in Miami, and yeah. this year at this time this year. Um, two is an MVP candidate. So what do you difference a year makes? 
You know, the, the QBR stat is, is an interesting stat. Cause that, you know, when you and I were, were growing up, it was all about QB rating, right? Like mm-hmm. that's all we cared about. So just to give you those, those two stats. So Tua's QB rating for 2022 is 118 right now. Mm-hmm. Jimmy's is 104. Mm-hmm. When it comes to QBR, Tua is 82.5 first in the NFL, and Jimmy is 20th at 50.8. So because they hit those big plays, uh, they're more of a big play offense. That's going to lean a little bit more for, for Tua in, in that QBR rating. But he's playing great, great football, and they're going to have to stop him if they want to win. Yep, absolutely. Okay, so Rod and I will be back after that game. Uh, we will diagnose what we see, and uh, let's just pray that uh, you know these injuries aren't too bad for the Niners because uh, it would be great to see these teams it sounds like it's probably not going to be Elijah, but uh, you know, other than that, hopefully they, they everybody is back and who's supposed to be back for next week. So I want to I want to see how they play against a team that is explosive and is really good. And you know, it's a, again like you said, it's the temperature test. So, all right, we will be back next week. Uh, on Sunday after the game, 49ers Dolphins. So for Rod, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.